Hello and welcome back to our series of short videos all about what goes on behind the scenes at a platform. And I'm really pleased we're joined by some of the team from Transact today to share their knowledge and experience. Um, so Brian, you're an old hand at the assembly. Could you just introduce yourself for people that don't know you? Yes, thanks, Richard. Um, hello, everybody. I'm Brian Radbone. Um, I've been at Transact ooh, since the start, pretty much, uh, where I set up the sort of technical function. I spend my days these days going around the country talking to paint people about all things tax and technical brilliant thank you it's good to have you along again and charlotte it's your first time with us so could you introduce yourself yeah hi all um i'm uh sean i'm client operations transfer manager at transact um and i've been at transact coming up for 10 years now so um hopefully i can assist uh in the transfer space today I think you're the perfect person to have on board for this video. So great, Let, let's get straight into it then. So Brian, what, what are the main reasons why people might look at transferring their pension or their ISA fund from one place to another? Well, I think, I, as I've just alluded to, I'm old enough to remember the old days when people used to scatter pensions and ISAs around and about with different providers because that was the way to sort of diversify, if I can put it that way in those days, through investment choice and everything else. Along came platforms like Transact and kind of blew a hole in that and said, well, you can get things on to the platform consolidated. You're now going to get a single view. But on top of that, the old problem with investments, because if you were with providers, they typically had one or two decent funds. The rest were at best mediocre. All of a sudden in the platform world, you can now select what you like, you and your advisor. So, on it comes to the platform, you've now got a single view, you've got a massive choice, you know, what we call open architecture investment choice, uh, and you should get the benefit of, of better charges and more slick administration. That's what's happened. So we found that very early on, going back 20 or so years, that transfers were very quickly a very important part of our business because people really wanted to consolidate their holdings. Yeah, brilliant. And, and we see a lot of that um, in, in the work that we do day to day. So that, that's the theory behind it. So let's get on to the mechanics, the practicalities then. So, so Sean, um, let's say we've got a transfer coming over and the assets have already been sold in, in the seeding scheme um, and it's coming over as cash. How does that work? Um, so that's very straightforward. So as soon as our instruction is received, um, the, the cash should be sent to us pretty immediately. So for cash transfers... Um, if, the, if the funds are already in cash, that movement should be should be very quick. And um, there's paperwork involved and potentially um, just an electronic instruction, which would make that even quicker. Hmm. Is it normally down to you to go to the seeding scheme to ask for the money or is it all kind of joined up and a bit more efficient than that? Um, no. So it does require an instruction from the, the new receiving provider to um, instruct the current provider to transfer those those funds over or the cash itself great so that's when we go on the system and we we key in the details and and all the seeding scheme information then that's down to you okay so cash is quite easy that's good how about if there's assets being transferred what we call an in-specie transfer of existing funds yeah so in-specie transfers are there's a little more to them um because there's more steps involved there's more parties involved um the new provider needs to be able to accept all of the assets um, or stocks that are held with the current provider, which isn't always the case. Um, so sometimes a conversion or a sale might need to take place on a particular fund um, before um, the rest of the transfer can proceed. Um, and then once we know that all assets can be accepted, 
each individual fund manager needs to re-register the units to the new provider. So the current the current provider needs to send those instructions off, um, and sometimes that can be done electronically. So some fund managers don't require paper forms. We can sort of send an electronic message to ask for them to re-register the units to the new provider. But sometimes there are some uh, fund managers that actually require paper stock transfer forms with original signatures. Um, so that does slow down the process um, slightly. And then you've also got some funds which are based overseas. So um, that sort of starts to involve faxing these stock transfer forms, which um, also adds to the, the time taken. Um, but once you've sort of done that process and the funds complete, the cash will come over. Um, but you can see there, there's more parties involved. There's more sort of manual aspects sometimes. So um, they can take longer those types of transfers yeah there's a lot of moving parts there and you're raising a really good point about the fact that you know different share classes are available in different platforms so sometimes if you've got share class a on platform b so and it's not available on let's say transact then you've got a conversion there and there's yeah. also a potential issue i guess if there are some funds that are suspended um or, or closed at the moment then that can be issues as well can't it Exactly. Yeah. So if you've got a cash transfer, for example, and you wanted to sell everything down um, and move over as cash, then if there's a suspended fund there, a liquid fund, that does cause issues that can um, sometimes we, it can be moved in specie. But again, you've got those sort of manual instructions to send to the fund managers. So, um, so yeah, that, that does that does cause a, a hiccup sometimes when when we have funds such as those. Yeah. So if a client's doing an in specie transfer of, let's say, 10 funds, are you going to kind of get those dripping in over a period of time as each manager does the re-registration and, and sends what's needed over? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So each fund manager will have their own turnaround times. Um, some will require posts. So that will that, you know, however long it takes for the post to arrive, some will require fax. So they'll they'll get that same day, but they might have a three day turnaround time. So, yeah, exactly that. They will the funds will drip in. So the, the stock transfer forms are usually all sent at the same time. But. Um, depending on where they're being sent, how they're being sent, and the actual providers that they're sorry, the fund managers that they're they're going to, that that the time frames completely vary. So yes, they do sort of drip feed in. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you're doing that, <laughs> not as power planners. <laughs> um, are there any differences in the process if you've got money in an ISA or a pension? In terms of the way that we actually move the cash and the assets. There, there isn't really any differences at all. So the, the, exactly what we've just explained, the way that we move the assets and the the, the stocks by, via um, uh, the stock transfer forms um, or the sort of electronic messaging, that, that that is actually done the same way. It's sort of maybe additional paperwork, additional regulatory checks, which for pensions, for example, which... Um, would take would add the additional time. But the actual movement of cash, the actual movement of funds... Um, is, is done the same way. Yeah, brilliant. Now, some people may have heard the term Origo. Um, for those that haven't, could you explain very briefly what that is and what the benefits are? Yeah, of course. So um, Origo is just one of a few um, uh, sort of electronic transfer providers. Um, but essentially, um, so just to, sort of to elaborate, elaborate, we've got Origo, which at Transact we use for um, pension cash transfers. Um, there's Callistone, which is an um, electronic provider that we use for GIAs and ISAs. And then there's also Autus as well, which is a, um, uh, also we use for uh, pension and specie transfers. So if, if uh, another transfer provider uses Origo, 
one of the other providers and and transit for example use Origo, um it's much quicker in that those messages it's a um a messaging system so there's not the need for the manual paperwork to go backwards and forwards um the two parties can essentially um communicate via the messaging and there isn't the need for paperwork to be sent in the post the postal delays aren't there um and the, essentially the the transfers can proceed a lot quicker um and for in the case of sort of colorstone for ices and gias um sort of the initiation of the transfer um and this, this does also go for origo when we get rejections back so if there's a, a rejection for any reason we're not waiting for an email or post we're immediately getting that rejection message so we can we can sort of get started on that straight away so it, there's a, a lot less manual human intervention if you like and it means we can sort of get to the problem or get to the transfer quicker yeah and that sounds like good news to me um but it's not all good news o'brien is it so um let's talk about some things that could slow things down a bit like let's say for example so a provider's not in orego what, what does that mean well, I think Sean sort of alluded to that earlier, where you could have quite a sizable transfer coming across. Most of it's in stuff that can be dealt with electronically, but you've got a couple in there. I don't know, they could be offshore Luxembourg funds, and all of a sudden, they're not doing all this sort of super-duper messaging stuff. They still use fax machines, which I understand it's only offshore fund managers uh, and football managers who still use fax machines. So you can't believe it, can you, in the current era of emails and everything else? But anyway, that's a fact that poor old Sean and her team have to put up with and of course what could be very quick suddenly becomes I mean it can run into I guess sometimes weeks uh, and if you've got a liquid stuff and all that in there then it slows it down so you know we, we try and say to people we're doing our best here don't, don't shoot them don't shoot the messenger quite literally because um, what you thought was going to be a fairly straightforward transfer process can get kind of um, tripped up if you like because of some of these lasting things or some of the procedures adopted by the fund managers. Mm-hmm. And, and something we, we've talked about on a previous video, which we'll pop a link to in the description of this yes. one, is about the new pension transfer regulations and the flag system. So um, people can watch that to go into great detail, but can you give us mm. a quick overview about what's going on with that? Yes, it was new legislation that came in at the end of, goodness me, I think it was 2021. Um, because of the problem, people are still being scammed. So that's a serious problem. People are losing their pension money. So the DWP introduced these new regulations saying, right, to us as providers, doesn't matter what the advisor firm and, and about their relationship with the client. This is about you going to the client to establish that you're happy and you can now stop a transfer. So this was new ground for us. Up to then, we couldn't do that. People had a right to transfer. Now we could say, well, if we get some... Um, nasty feelings if you like about this trans has somebody been coerced so we ask all sorts of questions and if it appears they've been coerced lied to all these sorts of things we can just stop it dead and say we're not going to transfer um i don't think we've done that yet some clients have stopped their own transfers because they've been made aware of what you know i don't have to do that somebody's telling me if i don't transfer now i won't get my pcls where did that come from you know those sorts of things have happened Um, But then when you get to the more nitty gritty, so, okay, we're happy with the transfer. But before we can fully let this go, there's what you call amber flags that come up. So is it going to a scheme where they could go into some esoteric assets, high risk stuff? Therefore, we need to ask some more questions and actually send these people off to Money Helper, which is a a government institution. They have a anti-scams meeting and we can't proceed until we get the reference back from Money Helper saying this person's been. Um, That's been happening for a while. They got behind. 
um, like everything else these days, seems to get behind. But I think it's back down now to about an eight-day wait if you get referred to Money Helper. Um, but there have been some instances. We were, I think we were quick off the mark and we adhered to the regulation straight away. A lot of people were saying, well, why is, is it necessary to do this? And then I think they found out as they went along it is. And now we've got to the other extreme where some providers, before they transfer to us, for example, because we have open architecture, they're asking for all sorts of, we would say, too much information uh, or sometimes sending people to money helper where they don't need to. We've, we've tried to help with this, with other providers. We kind of clean listing each other. Once we get happy with that scheme is OK, there's no risk in there. But on some occasions, you might be you might have somebody saying, well, I'm only going to use ordinary standard assets when I go to this scheme. But the point is, if that scheme allows you to move on to other more risky assets and the client might say, well, I would never do that. But if the past is a guide to the future, unfortunately, they do sometimes. Then you have to get them through and get them, make sure they've done the right, the right checks. Because at some point in the future, it could come back and bite you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you didn't get those, Amber. They didn't send you off to see money help. Oh, I think you've got a case there. So we have to balance that against the fact that it's a shame because of all the things Sean's talked about. We speeded things up massively in the transfer arena these last few years. Yeah. And then in comes this regulation, which from a pensions point of view, has slowed things down a lot. However, you have to say if it stops people being scammed, surely that's a good thing. Yeah, I think it, it's a good intention, isn't it? There, there have yeah. been a few unintended consequences, like you mentioned yeah. there, and we're seeing some really unusual requests from yeah. seeding scheme providers before they'll actually sanction a transfer. Um, I think it's down to managing expectations for the client. Um, certainly in suitability reports we're doing now with pension switches or transfers going on, we're actually explaining what this is and what's going to happen so the mm. clients are aware of it. I think that's the key thing. Brilliant. Well, Sean, Brian, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and expertise with all power planners there. Really appreciate that. Uh, uh, thanks once again to the team at Transact for joining us for these videos. It's goodbye from us. Thanks, Richard. Bye. Thanks.